Well, hey, so today, um, today we are going to dive into what I am calling what test. All right, if you have had a, a school experience like me, you probably know where I'm going. I, I remember being in, in um, high school, um, middle school, um, probably even elementary as well, too, um, sitting next to the, the smart kid, you know what I mean? Like, you know, the, the smart one. Um, and um, I get to my first period class, and um, the first thing that he says with a big smirk on his face, he's like, hey, you ready? And I'm like, whoa, like, you know what I mean? Like, wh- what do you mean, am I ready? Like, are we going outside? Like, is it, is it time to go to the playground? Like, like, what are we doing? He's like, no, 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 like, are, are you ready? With a, a smirk on his face, I'm like, ready for what? I'm like, what am I supposed to be ready for? And he goes with a laugh on his, his face, with a grin, with a snarl, and he's like, uh, the test. And I'm like, what test? Right? This was the story of my life coming up in school, like not being prepared for the test. And I don't want to be like the nerdy kid, and I'm going to just put it out there on record. Um, nerds are some of the biggest bullies on the planet, Okay. <laughs> Like, they will make you feel bad about your life and have no shame for it. And I'm like, listen, just because somebody picked up on you doesn't mean that you got to pick on me. I didn't do anything to you. I was minding my business, and you tell me it's a test that I was not prepared for. Well, I don't want to be like that nerdy kid today. I want to tell you that there is a test in the Word of God, and I want to make sure that you are fully prepared for this test. Is anybody ready? I know you're not. Nobody's ready for the test, right? Um, But let's go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. As uh, Chris did, again, I want to shout out all of the dads. Listen, you matter. The job that you are doing is significant. It is impacting the lives of our future generation. I I just want to say thank you again to all of our dads. I don't think dads get enough uh, love. Um, I think moms still all of it. But it's well-deserved, though, right? Like, I mean, come on, let's be honest, who really does all the work around the house? Um, raising the kids, right? Like, my daughter, there's a whole different deal with, our, with my daughter. Like, she looks to me, but she's, re- she's really looking to, she's looking to her mom. I'll, I'll admit it, she is. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, uh, verse 21, it says, For where your treasure is, it says, there your heart will be also. It says again, for where your treasure is, There your heart will be also. Now look, this scripture is widely known by like so many people. We all have heard this scripture before, that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And we have, not only is this scripture widely known, this scripture is widely misrepresented, all right? We've, We've heard this scripture, and all my life I've heard this scripture and the way that I've interpreted it is, is that your, 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 your heart, your, that our finances will be where our heart is. Well, that's backwards. That's not what this scripture is actually saying. It's actually the reverse. It's actually saying where your finances, is, where your finances are, that's where your heart will be also. I'll, I'll, I'll drill the point home just a little bit more, okay? So check this out. So um, everybody that knows me understands that I have just a small, like, you know, part of me despises androids, right? Like, just, just listen, just look, if you're an Android user, we'll deal with you today, okay? Like, it's okay, like, you know, it's team iPhone, right? Hashtag it, right? Like, that's, 
story of my life. Can we make some noise for iPhones in the building? Second, you know, like, I think every, everybody, you know, we may not got a huge hand clap for me when I came out, but iPhone, come on, right? Like, like team iPhone, right? Um, but, 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 but let's just say, let's just say, like, I have no interest right now in Androids, but let's just say if actual hell, like, actually, like, froze over, right, and I invested in Android. Actual literal hell froze over, like, just now, right? Like, if, 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 if let's just say, for whatever reason, I decided to invest in, in Android, and I made this investment, how many of y'all know that my heart would grow a little bit more fonder of Android? I'd start following the, how it's doing on the stock market. But let's, let's just say, you know, pigs sprouted wings and really began to fly around. And I put a considerable amount of money into, into Android that I bought up all the stocks that I could. How many of you all know that I would grow a deep affection for Android? That I would get up in the morning and I would check and see how's Android doing today? How many of y'all know that I would, I would probably trade my iPhone in to get an Android to make sure that the stocks would continue to rise? Why? Because I have an affection for Android. Where you put your money is where your heart will go. Where you put your money is where your heart will go. We can say it this way. Um, we, can, we can say that your money doesn't follow your heart. Your heart follows your money. Your, your heart will always follow your, your money. It'll follow your investment, right? We've all heard the phrase, follow the money, right? Like, you want to catch the bad guy, follow the money. But you want to catch your heart, follow the money. Follow the money. And so this scripture really like opens our talk up today and really lets us in on, listen, there is a test that God gives to all of us, and this test happens for most of us every other week. Um, how many of you guys get paid bi-weekly? Show of hands. Show of hands. Yeah, my hand's up too. I, I get paid bi-weekly. How many of you guys get paid you know, every week. Anybody every week? Lucky, right? Dang. How many of y'all get paid once a month? Come on, where's all my commission people at, right? Like once a month, all right? So um, how many of you guys, uh, like, you know, uh, um, make sure I need you guys to know that every time you're getting wages, there is a test that you get from God. Every single time we get paid, no matter who we are, you get a test from God, and I want to, again, I don't want to be like that nerdy kid. I want to make sure that you know that you are going to be tested in the word of God every single time you get wages. Now, the question becomes, will you bring your tithe to God every time you get paid? This is the question of the day. And look, we're going we're gonna to get so transparent today. I'm going to be transparent today. I understand that there are so many, there, there's a lot of pain behind giving to church. Can anybody say amen to that? Can we just admit it that there is an elephant that dances in the room every time somebody opens their mouth to talk about money in church? Can we just address there's a huge elephant in the balcony right now doing the Tootsie Roll because it's always uh, interesting when we talk about money in church, right? Like there's two things you don't, you're not supposed to talk about. You don't talk government and you don't talk money. Well, listen, again, like I told you guys a couple weeks ago, 
do you know that the Bible references money over 2,000 times? So I think God desires us to know what his vantage point and his, what his deal is about money. And so today, I just want to open it up. I want to be transparent with you guys. I want to I uh, give you guys truth, but make sure that it's laced with grace. We're going to do that today. Is that cool with everybody? If you didn't say amen, um, no, I'm joking. Um, Matthew chapter, chapter I mean, I'm sorry, let's go to Malachi chapter 3. Let's go to Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3, and we're going to actually read verses 6 through 12. So verse 6 says, For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. And then it says, Yet From the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. I want that to ring loud in your head, Lord of hosts. You're going to continue to hear that through the the talk, and I'm going to unpack what that means. So it says, uh, it says, says the Lord of hosts, it says, but you said, in what way shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offering. So here's how this discussion went. God told the children of Israel, I do not change. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. I, am lo- I was loved then, I am loved now, and I will always be loved. I was gracious then, I am gracious now, and I will always be gracious. I've always been just. I've always been righteous, and I will always be just. I will always be righteous. Listen, get this. God does never, he never goes back on a thing that he said. If God said it, it shall be. This is how God rose. This is who he is. If God spoke it, it will be. If God said that I am love, I will always be love. But if God says I am just, I will always be just. God put a principle in the earth, seed, time, and harvest. And if God said that he put a principle in the earth for seed, time, and harvest, it will never change. It will never change. Listen, if there is no seed, there will never be a harvest. Come on, this is an irrefutable thing that God has in in Scripture, in the Word of God, that if he said that seed, and then you give it time, and again, God is not a jack-in-the-box God. He is not a fast-food God. He is not a microwave God. He cooks at a rate of speed that he's comfortable with, maybe not us sometimes. But God said that if you sow seed, you give that seed time, and you're going to get a harvest. Listen, we don't, we don't serve a jackpot God. And like I told you guys before, we don't give to get, we get to give. You see, like, that's what we need to understand as a church. And, and I think we've, uh, a tithing has been so misrepresented throughout churches for so long where it's like, you know, I've, I've been in, 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 in so many different church environments where it's almost like you sow a seed, God is going to get you to, God is going to give you some, 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 some crazy amount of increase in not amount of time. You look at televangelists and it's like, hey, you sow this seed, 
you put your credit card number in, and, and God is going to bless you this week. That's not scriptural. I'm going to be the first to tell you that. If you ever hear me preach that, you have my permission to get up out of your seat and leave out of here. Because that's not what tithing is about. Tithing is, uh, is this. We're actually going along with what God has already done for us. God gave his tithe, his firstborn, Jesus, planted him into the earth. Why? So that more sons and daughters could be harvested. He gave his son, Jesus, with no guarantee that we would ever believe in him. And yet he still sent him to die. We give our first to God before we ever know that we have enough at the end of the month. Why? Because we give it in faith. We give it in faith. God gave in faith and we give in faith. Right? So I, I know, like, look, like, get the podcast. I talked about a whole lot of this already, so I don't want to revert back and waste time today. But make sure you get the podcast. Subscribe to Vibe City Church on podcast. We're on all platforms. You'll be able to check it out. It's amazing. You will be blessed. So to get back to today, God is saying, I do not change. He told Israel, I don't change. But then he flipped the script. And how many of y'all know God be flipping the script? Right? Like, hold on, God, dang. Like, wow, whoa, you all in my business. But he flipped it. He's like, I don't change, but you have. I don't change, but you have. He said that, that, that their fathers, that generations before them, they observe these ordinances. Now, I want you guys to, I want to let you in on what the word ordinance means. So listen, I want to highly recommend that you take notes. You're going to need this on Monday. You're going to need this on Tuesday. You're going to need this on Wednesday. We don't just come to church to get a good word and shout a little bit on Sunday and then live busted by Wednesday. Like, I want you to continue to feed your faith, and the only way that we do that is to be able to study and meditate the word, and this is an amazing opportunity for you to be able to do that. So I want to give you a definition for ordinances. Ordinances means a principle of ordinary behavior. Ordinances means a principle of ordinary behavior. So God was saying what once was ordinary for your father's generation has become unordinary in your generation. God is saying that you, you've forsaken what was ordinary for previous generations. And man, listen, I've talked to maybe some of you guys in here. I've talked to so many millennials around the subject of tithing. Amen. It's so interesting because the millennial mindset is just like the children of Israel's mindset. We're going to go a little bit deeper in just a second. And so, so again, um, here's the conversation. He's like, you've, 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 you've left me. You need to return to me. And then they ask the question, well, how do we leave you? And then God is like, you robbed me. And they're like, how? Look, the children of Israel sound so millennial, right? Like, like how do we do that? Why, like, like, where are we coming from, God? Like, they, they, they answer a question with a question. Like, this is so millennial, right? Like, I do that all the time, right? And so check it out. So here's God, and he's like, let me just tell you flat out how you've robbed me and how you've left me. It was ordinary for your father's generation to give tithes. It was ordinary for your, the previous generation. It was a normal way of life to tithe to the kingdom of God. 
It was ordinary. But for some reason, your generation is saying, hey, um, I'm not with that. I'm going to go a different way. Um, I think differently. I think that, like, God, I trust you, but I don't really trust your church like that. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually, like, give to different organizations and kind of spread my seed around. If I'm not preaching about millennials right now, come on. Right, like this is no shade. Like, look, it's no shade at all. But God is like, hey, come back to me. There is only one way when it comes to God. There isn't this multifaceted, all roads kind of lead to your own truth kind of. No, God doesn't rock like that. God is like, um, listen, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. My word is the same, right? Like, after all of these different generations pass away, my word will remain. And so he's like, look, like all of these different ideas and, and, and constructs and different, you know, ideologies, they're all going to pass away, but my word is going to remain. And his word remains the same. It does not change. And so let's keep, let's keep digging in. And then he, he goes on and he tells him, I love it because when you think God is done, he ain't done yet. <laughs> like he kept going in, right? And he goes and he, he, says, uh, he says in verse 9, He says, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. So look, when we don't honor what's God's, we welcome a curse. And like I told you guys um, in previous uh, uh, sermons, um, with this sermon series, My Blessed Life, the word blessed means to have a supernatural power working for you. But the word cursed means to have a supernatural power working against you, right? And so God is saying, look, if you, if, you, if you honor me with what's mine by giving me your first, there will be a supernatural power working for you. But if you don't honor me with what is already mine, get my language. You see, like we get it all mixed up. We won't have a problem with tithing if we recognize that everything we have is his. Right? That's the, that's the misconception because we, we, whenever you start managing, if, if you're managing your money instead of stewarding your money, you're getting it wrong. God says that the whole earth is mine, the fullness thereof, all the cattle, all the silver, all the gold, all the stocks, all the 401k plans, all the money, all the mutuals, all the bonds, they're all mine. They're all mine. And so if God is giving us what's, what he's allowing us to steward, he's like, bring me back my 10. Bring me back 10. Right? Bring me back 10. And so here's, here's, here's the deal. And when, when, if we don't, we are welcoming a curse. We are welcoming a curse. And I want to give you a little bit more insight. Let's continue to read verse 10. It says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. I love God because he always gives us an opportunity to come back around and get it right. So he didn't just say, you're going to be cursed forever. You're not honoring me with what's mine? Damn you to hell. Like, that's not what God does. That's not who he is. He's, he's always loved. He's always gracious. And I think we've got this mentality that, you know, if you love me, you won't judge me. But, but, but with God, he doesn't stop being loved at the cost of being a judge. No, he is a loving judge altogether. 
So he's able to come in and he's able to reprove things that are in our lives. And he's able to say, hey, um, son, I need you to make adjustment right here. And when you do, you're going to open up the windows of heaven and I'm going to pour out a blessing that you don't have room enough to receive it. That's what a good dad would do, right? Like, we're not going to let her. I, 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 man, I, I wish I would let my daughter just, like, walk off the stage without knowing that the edge was there. And this is how God does. He sees us, like, walking off, and, he, and we're going down a dangerous path, and he pulls our coattail. I'll, listen, if I'm about to hurt myself, I hope y'all would tell me, your pastor would tell me that I'm about to head down a road and I'm about to hurt myself. Right? So a loving person will tell you that you're heading down a path that you don't want to be on. And that's all God is doing here with the children of Israel. And he's telling them, he's like, look, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, verse 10, that there may be food in my house. And try, or the word try means test. Test me now in this says the Lord of hosts. You see it again. If I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessings that there will not be room enough to receive it. Verse 11, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes that, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. You see it again. So in this verse, we see where God wants us to tithe. We see why God commands us to tithe. And we see what will happen when we do tithe. It's all here in the scripture. We see where God wants us to tithe. And so where God wants us to tithe is your church home the place that you eat, the place that you get fed spiritually, the place that you come and worship, the place where you have community, the place where you are loved, that is where God desires for you to tithe. Now the second thing that we can see here in this passage is why God wants us to tithe. I'm going to get so practical. Y'all ready for practicality? Can anybody take some practical teaching today? So I'm going to be really practical right now. God said, and it's all based on his word, he says that, that, when, that, that bring all the tithes into the storehouse or your local church, bring it all into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house, not your house, my house. So here's what your tithe does. Your tithe, there's, look, before I say that, there's a mandate in scripture for what churches are supposed to do for the community around it. Did you know that your local church is supposed to take care of the widow? Did you know that your local church is supposed to feed the poor? Did you know that your church is supposed to provide clothing to those who don't have any clothes? There is a mandate on churches from God. And I don't want to stand before God one day and be the guy that misappropriated funds for my own gain. I understand that I have a higher power to be accountable to, that the church's money is not my money. I unashamedly tell you this. This is not, look, look, this giving talk does not benefit me at all. 
it benefits God's house and it benefits you. It benefits God's house and it benefits you. I'm going to give you a little bit more on that in just a second. So God desires for us to bring the tithe to the storehouse. And I want to let you know that the mission of this church is a big one. The vision that God gave us for this church is not just for the four walls, but it is for the north side, the south side, the east side, and the west side. This church, your church, Vive City Church, if you call this place home, we are going to open a community center that makes sure that we provide shelter to those who have no home. But our church will also do this. We will provide as many beds as possible for women coming out of the sex trade. We will provide as many beds as possible for guys who have been incarcerated for years and they are getting out and they are, they're really good people and they're trying to rebound and they can't seem to get ahead. Well, we are going to not only provide beds, but mentorship programs and, and vocational training and, and interview skills so that they can become a benefit to the society that they live in. This is bigger than coming to church and saying, amen, pastor, that was a good word. No, bump all that. I've been in those environments. I want to be out where they are. And then we'll have mentorship programs for the youth, for the young people who are at risk, who have been counted out. And we will provide vocational training for them. We will take them on college tours. We will help them get grant money. We will help them at all costs to be what God has designed them to be. This is why we are here. The word vive or vive, it means life. And we are here to provide life to our city. If we are not being a city on a hill providing light in a dark place, we are failing miserably. But the only way that we can do this is if there is food in God's house. This is why God desires for us to tithe so that the church can be the vehicle in which he's, his glory and his love and his grace in a tangible way is shown to a city. I don't want to just be the, the church, no, no diss to it. I'll do it if, if God desire, desired us to. But I don't want to just be the church that goes, hey, brother, can I pray for you? No, I want to I feed you. And then I want to pray for you. If we're not serving them first, what are we doing? So this church has a massive vision. And I just want to let me go on the record and share this with you guys as well, too. Um, this church is accountable to other pastors who are in other states. This church, morally, me and my wife, morally, ethically, financially, we are accountable to three other pastors any big financial move that we make, we cannot make it on our own according to law, not just our decision. We have a board of trustees. This is like, an, like just like any other, just like Google or, or, or Apple, the CEO cannot make all the calls. The CEO can cast vision. I cast vision. This is what I want to do in Dallas. This is what, I, this is what the Lord is showing me for our city. And then I go before our board. I don't get a vote. 
on how we handle finances. I cast vision for how I believe God desires us to handle our finances. And then the board votes. That's checks and balances. Now, the board can't cast vision, and I can't vote. Checks and balances, you see? And here's the other thing of it. 80% of my salary is met by donors who do not belong to this church. I will go on record and I will tell you this is not for me. Less than 20% of my salary is taken from your contributions. Less than 20%. I am unashamedly telling you and disclosing this is who I am. This is where we are. If I didn't have to take a penny from the church, believe me, I wouldn't. I just want to be able to put food on my table for my wife and for my kid. This is me, like, being completely transparent before you guys. This giving talk is not for me. Look, the other part of this whole deal is my salary is set by our board members. If your giving went up, my salary does not. This is not for me. This is for the house of God. Can we just get an amen for, like, just truth and transparency, like... Because I believe that, like, I believe that we want to invest. I believe that we want to tithe. We want to bring the tithe. We want to make sure, though, that we are investing in a ground that's good. And I assure you, there are checks and balances to ensure that this ground is good. So now if the ground is good, the question becomes your heart. That's where the question lies, and that's what God was bringing to the the children of Israel. So we've established where your tithe goes, why you tithe. Now let's look at what happens when you tithe. So it says, it says again in verse 10, bring all your tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me or test me. I love God. Do y'all see God in this? He's like, look, if you bring your tithe to my house, he said, try me, test me. This word test in this passage, is this, it refers to the same testing that gold goes through or any precious metal goes through to make sure that it's pure. What is God saying? Bring all your tithes into my local church so that you can test and see that I'm pure. So you can test and see that what I have promised you financially will come to pass. Try me, test me, make sure that I'm pure. Make sure that what you, what you are investing in is pure. But look, the tithe is the only two-way test. There's two-way tests. God is testing your heart, but then when you tithe, you're testing God's faithfulness. And God is not a man that he should lie. I'm not getting a lot of shouts right now. I might take a lap myself. Like, I might, I might shout myself down, pat myself on the back. That was so good, Pastor. Oh, my God. Amazing. Yes, that's what I needed. Right? Thank you, Courtney. You get me. She gets me. Right? But so, man, man, like, so, so God is like, you can try me, you can test me. 
when you give, it says, so, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you don't have room enough to receive. So when you give your tithe, this is what happens. God flings open the gates, the windows of heaven, and he pours out a blessing upon you that you don't have room enough to receive. What opens the windows of heaven? You opening your wallet. And saying, God, this doesn't belong to me. This belongs to you. You gave your son in faith. I'm giving to you in faith. And when I bring what is yours, I know that you will bless me. You'll bless me. It belongs to you. Like, it belongs to you. This is, this is yours. And then what happens? Verse 11. I love verse 11. Remember how I just said that? You think God is done and he ain't, he ain't done? We just shouted. We should be done, right? That was so good. We should be done. He's like, uh, but wait, <laughs> there's more. And he says, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. And he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit in your field, says the Lord of hosts. So this is another passage that, like, I have read wrong so many years, and I've heard it preached in a way that I get it. It was well intended, but it was just a little misunderstanding there. The, the word actually says that he rebukes not the devourer, but he rebukes the devourer. You see, like, so, so get this, and you don't have to raise your hands I've been there, I, I, you know, I've been tithing for years, but there was a season in my life where I wasn't, and when I wasn't, it seemed like everything was starting to go right, and then things would break down. The car would go out. It's like, oh man, I got a raise, amazing, you know, and then the car goes out. The washer goes out, the dryer goes out, right? Like, like we get roof damage and the insurance company, come on, we live in Dallas, and the, and the insurance company is giving you the runaround and not trying to help you. What is happening? You are being devoured. When you don't tithe, when you don't give, the, then the devourer, it's not just the devourer. When, when the washer goes out, the car goes out, the dryer goes out, all of these things are going wrong that's costing you money. It seems like you're burning a hole in your pocket. It seems like money is like liquid, right? Like you can't hold on to it. You're getting it, but you can't keep it in your hands. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So check this out. So what God is saying here, he's saying that these are all devour symptoms. When, they go, when the washer goes out, the dryer goes out, the car goes out, you can't seem to get ahead. These are all symptoms. Why do we have these symptoms? God doesn't believe in treating symptoms. He believes in treating the source of the symptoms. So he says that I will rebuke the devourer. Come on, who goes around like a roaring lion seeing who he may devour? Satan, the devil, the enemy. What happens is when you do not tithe, Satan has access to your harvest. And he begins to devour what should be coming in to you. But I love God. 
Because he's saying, if you'll bring your tithe to my storehouse, this is what I begin to do. I am the Lord of hosts. The word, the phrase Lord of hosts, he's referring to himself. And the way in which he refers to himself in this passage is the Lord of hosts. And the Lord of hosts means the God of war. God is saying, if you will bring your tithe to the storehouse and try me, see if I won't open up the windows of heaven, pour out a blessing upon you that you can't receive, and then try me that I won't go to war for you to go and rebuke the devourer to make sure that he takes your, his hands off of what rightfully belongs to you. He rebukes the devourer. Y'all got to stop giving the enemy access into your life. When you don't bring to God what belongs to him, the enemy has access to do whatever he desires to do with your income. Might as well not call it income because it goes out as soon as it comes in. Income. But God is saying, if you'll get on my system, if you'll do things the way that I intended it, get this, if you'll go back to the ordinances, the thing, the principles that I put in place that should be ordinary, you'll see that I'll do extraordinary in your life. That's what God is saying. That's what God desires to do in this church. So again, I don't know how else to preach this service. I don't know how to be more transparent than I've already been, but I am letting you know the church, the, when, when you sow your seed, I don't need your money. God knows how to take care of me. Listen, for the last, how long has it been? For the last um, over a year, over a year, I have had donors take care of my entire salary. Why? because they believe in what the kingdom of God is wanting to do through our ministry. I don't need your money. God knows how to take care of me. Look, I've sowed seed. This didn't just happen for us. We've been tithing. And so now what are we doing? We're walking in a harvest. And I'm here to let you know that it will be harvest season for you if you'll put seed in the ground. God knows the season that you need the harvest in. Check this out. Before I close, I just want to say this. Like, generally, there's two types of people that I talk to when it comes to tithing. The first group of people that I talk to, they're like, oh, yeah, brother. Like, man, I, I tithe, man. God has been too good to me, and I am so blessed. The other person, well, pastor, I can't afford to tithe. There's a correlation between the two. You won't be able to afford to tithe until you tithe. Y'all missed a good place to say, ooh, that was good. Let me, let me text that out. Let me tweet it. Um, hang on, Pastor, like, still shot. Let me, like, capture you so I can post you on Instagram. And what did you say again? Yeah, listen, you won't be able to afford to tithe until you tithe. Stuff is always going to come up. Why, how, do I, how do you know that, Pastor? I can't afford to tithe. How do you know that? Because the devourer is in your harvest. But God wants to come in, and he wants to rebuke the devourer.